Hey everyone, welcome to Conversations with John, and I'm joined by my beautiful wife, Lisa. It's been a while. It has been like, a while. We talk, but we don't record our talks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, we've been really busy lately with this new app that's just come out that we'll tell you about at the end, but I want to tell you this. First of all, Messenger um, International does have several podcasts, and so Conversations is just one of them. We've got Let's Talk About It with Sons and Daughters, and then we've got The Godmothers with no, your- No, The Godmother. The Godmother. Yeah, yeah, I mean, there can be plural, but it's just me interviewing people. I love that. Mm-hmm. So with Lisa Bevere, and then we have The Messenger Podcast, which is right now being redesigned, reformatted, and we're really excited to share that with you here in a short amount of time. So- Today, I'm just so excited that we're going to talk about something that both Lisa and I are very passionate about, and that's marriage. But before we jump in, I just want to encourage everybody to please rate and subscribe to Conversations because it really helps get the message out. And if you're getting benefited, don't you want to see others get benefited? It's just a united effort. So it's cool, Lisa. It is cool. So, you know, John, we are passionate about marriage because we are married. And so you can have a good marriage. 39 years this year. Yes. Thank you. You almost said 38. You can be happily married one week and unhappily married the next week. And uh, we reached out while we were doing a marriage uh, conference recently. We reached out through our amazing daughter-in-law, and she asked a bunch of questions about what, you know, what can we answer Now, these about are questions marriage. from our daughter-in-law or from no, friends? So, you know what? That was very confusing. I get that. No, she posted on my social media. Okay. Hey, what are some of the things or questions or struggles or challenges that you're having in your marriage? Now, you and I know that a lot of these are common struggles, but COVID has like it just Amplified. heightened. Oh my gosh. So strong marriages are getting stronger, but marriages that maybe were avoiding conversations they need to have or avoiding resolving some issues, those issues sometimes have just come to the forefront and taken their marriages hostage. So I wanted to just kind of do a QA and a because we love hearing from our audience and interacting. Instead of us just saying what we think you want to hear, we we really are excited that people actually uh, reached out. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do the hardest one first. Okay. Okay. Here it is. Who is supposed to lead? Who is supposed to lead? That's the hardest one? Well, okay, it seems to be a struggle question. So, and maybe you could begin by just... Just you, kind of talking you, you a want little me bit to about begin? What, yeah, I'm asking. Yeah, whoever I, I, has the wisdom I'm, of God I'm, should I'm, be leading. <laughs> okay, but now, but when you're talking about the head of a household, We're, there's a difference between the head of a household and and who's leading. Okay. Okay, wait. I hope everybody just heard that there is a difference mm-hmm. between being Absolutely. the head of the household. And the leader. So Lisa, if I'm leading in what we're cooking for dinner tonight, we may not have as good a dinner than if you lead. Now, that's a very superficial, uh, very response. Superficial. But if you apply this deeper, uh, Lisa, you know, if you look at, if you've got a lady in a, in a home and she's absolutely amazing with accounting, amazing with numbers, why should she be lead? Why shouldn't she be leading in the finances? Now, don't get me wrong. The head of the home's the husband. She can sit down and share with them. They can talk things through. If they have a disagreement, you know, they can look at each other and say, well, let's just agree to go with what we believe the best wisdom in. Now, if I'm a wise husband, and I know my wife's better with numbers and accounting and finances than I am, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to listen to my wife. 
because I realized this is her area of gifting that God has given. Now, that's a good leader because, or excuse me, a good head of the home because the head of the home doesn't say, I got the answer for everything. And I'm the boss of the world. I'm the boss of the world. The head of the home says, I'm going to discern who has the proper wisdom in moving forward. And Lisa, there's been many times in our marriage, your wisdom has been so much greater and more sound than mine. And it's been proven because when we were younger in our marriage, I was insecure and I would go, no, 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 I'm the head of the household. I'm supposed to make all the decisions. And we'd suffer from it. So a leader is somebody who actually understands and recognizes the gifting of their wife and says, okay, this is a gifting I see on your life. And I see that God has anointed you in this area. So I want you to take the lead when it comes to doing our finances, or I want you to take the lead when it comes to doing homework with the kids, or I want you to take the lead when it comes to our social interactions with other people. Um, I want you to feel free. Uh, A leader would say, I want you to feel free to be whoever God created you to be. And and that wouldn't mean there wasn't a conversation, because I think sometimes um, we get the idea that leaders operate independent of the wife, right? Or the wife, and if so she's strong keep, in leading, she's independent of the husband. Let, let's keep our terminology easy to dissect for everybody listening to us. Yes, you keep saying the leader. Like, why don't we? What Lisa meant to say is the head, the head, the head, the head of the home recognizes who is stronger in leadership in a certain area. Because the the question question was who should lead. The answer is. He or she who has the wisdom of God in that area. I love that. Or the gift of God in that area. Absolutely. Okay, so, so, so good like, question. Here's a practical application. You know, John, you minister, I minister, you're the head of our household, but you don't tell me what to preach on. No. Yeah, you say, I trust you yep. with the gifting of God, yep. and, and I, even though I'm anointed to preach, I don't tell you what to preach but both of us do give one another input so that we're both better at doing what we do. You have helped me a lot before yeah, uh, because I was saying things that were hard for people to hear and you helped me to say it better, but I didn't compromise the truth of it. Right, right. Okay, so here's another great question, and I love it. It says, how do you work through differences you can't seem to align on easily? Well, that's easy. That is yeah, awesome. Yeah, okay. your wife's always right. No. No, I'm joking. <laughs> if Guys, you better listen to what I just said. Uh, no, Wait, I mean— You better no. listen that the wife is always no, right. No, I'm, 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 I'm joking right now. But Lisa, when we have differences, we need to rumble. And that's a, that's a common term in our household, all right? Wrestling and, and rumbling. And there is nothing wrong with rumbling. If you look at the disciples in Acts chapter 15, they rumbled. They all said what they really felt in their heart. Yeah. And then the head, who was James, stood up and l- after listening to what everybody said, said, I can see and I believe I have the Spirit of God's counsel in this, mm-hmm. that this is the way we should go. So if there's no rumbling, I'm going to miss out on some of the wisdom in you. You're going to miss out on some of the wisdom in me. And sometimes wisdom is like a puzzle piece. When you have all the puzzle pieces on the table and you begin to rumble, you know what you do? You're putting that puzzle together so you see a clear picture of what God wants you to see. So the problem is, is that we don't rumble. And I I just, Lisa, you and I, I remember when we were first married, there was this couple, they never rumbled, okay? Now, rumbled, rumbling is intense fellowship. Or, or and, just uh, the freedom to speak freely. Right, 
Right. Right. And, and not, you know, and not be, uh, not be controlling if you don't like what somebody says. Like we always say, uh, everything is a good idea for a minute. So people get to hear it. Not People are listening, not just thinking what they're going to say back at that moment. So yeah, so there was a couple, go ahead, never fought. And they never fought. And we, we, we felt, felt like, like they utter were the failures because yeah. we did rumble and we did uh, get intense on our disagreements. Yeah. And you know, three years later, this couple all of a sudden divorced and both were very, very hurt and wounded. Yeah. And what happened is, is they never allowed themselves to really discuss things. So they're constantly making decisions in their home with just a piece of the puzzle or two pieces that aren't even connected together. Or resentment building up because they don't feel heard. Right. Uh, um, or didn't feel respected. So here's the rules of rumbling. You never attack the person's character. Never. Listen to me. I'm going to be really strong. I'm going to be a really strong dad with all of you right now. Never, ever attack your spouse's character. Don't say, you're lazy. <clears throat> you can say, isn't this behavior kind of exemplifying laziness in front of our children? Let's say, you know, if you're sitting, or, or you your can, husband's yeah. sitting watching the TV <clears throat> while children are doing homework and the mom's frantically helping them. There needs to be a rumble, and the rumble isn't, isn't that the wife looks at the husband and says, you're lazy. That attacks his character. She says, honey, we've got to be examples to our children on how we work together, how you are involved with their lives. It, it would appear to them that you're that this is lazy behavior. Or you're disengaged and don't care. Yeah, you're. Di- so, so now this rumbling goes on. And so the husband can't feel personally attacked. So then the wife can can hear that. Yeah. That's another piece that just came out. Mm-hmm. And can she can say, but but honey, could we get the kids to bed by 7:30 and then you unwind? So what's going on is a dialogue mm-hmm. instead of attacking each other, instead of her saying, You are a lazy bum, and him going, No, I work so hard and you don't care about what I do for this family. That's illegal fighting right there. Illegal. Illegal. That that's you do yellow flag foul. Yes. Yeah, personal foul. Yes. Okay, and and I I do want to acknowledge that a lot of people don't have a stereotypical family where the wife stays home with the kids and the husband Correct. works full time. That a lot was of only times, an example. No, but I do want to I do think it's important that we acknowledge sometimes it's both spouses working and still the husband thinks that all the all of that falls on the wife. And that actually leads us into this next question, which Uh-oh. I think is really good, which it says, how do you voice your needs to your partner? I'm going to so let you answer that I'm, one. Oh, I'm so glad. Okay, so first of all, timing is everything. So using your example about a wife feeling incredibly frustrated, she's working with the kids, her husband is sitting there disengaged, watching the television, saying something to him in that moment is probably not going to be the best approach. You know, she could ask him to, like, hey, can you step out of the room with me and then say something? So saying it so that a person has uh, the timing and the environment to hear it. So I remember when you and I had young kids, the only time for me to offload all of my problems was right when we were going to bed at night. Yes, do you remember that? I do and, remember and, that. And you'd be like, listen, there's two things I want to do at night. I either want to go to sleep or I want to have sex. I do not want to have these long, drawn-out drama conversations. But to me, that was my first time to have time with you alone. And so it wasn't that I was having the wrong conversation. I was having the right conversation at the wrong time. So the right conversation at the wrong time usually gets the wrong results. Other thing is, and this is just so simple, you know, I felt like you weren't hearing me, you know, 
early on in our marriage. So what I would do is I would say it louder. I would say it with threats. I would say it repeatedly. And I would think, all right, I'm going to nag it. I'm going to threaten it. I'm going to, and, and I was thinking adding all these layer, layers of angst was going to punctuate the importance, but instead it frustrated me. It made you uh, feel like I was just a nag and not, not feel like what I was saying was valid. And I remember the Holy Spirit arresting me and say, Lisa, if you want to be heard, say it, say it the way you'd want to hear it. You don't do well with threats. You don't do well with people yelling. So say it the way you would want to hear it. So super simple. Yeah. Hey, if you're out there and you feel like you're having a challenge, you're not being heard, be very strategic about how you say it and be very intentional about when you say it. And that might even mean in a moment of frustration, you've got to delay the conversation to the next day when people aren't tired. You and I both know we make horrible decisions when we're exhausted and tired. And so I think a lot of people um, don't realize the importance of opportunity with the timing. And do you want to add anything to that? No, but I do want to say that right now, because I thought that answer was outstanding. Um, Right now with the COVID in the last 10 months, Boy, things have amplified. Yeah, and tensions are tight because yep. there's there's fear, and I think this is a real wake up call yeah. to the church. And we're speaking to the church right now. Right, that the most important thing we do is make time to spend with God. That means yeah. we're reading our Bibles and we are praying because what happens? It keeps us in a place to where we will not now just lie off the handle, say something cruel, right. say something mean. Now with all the pressures and the fears, that will mount with marriage problems so much quicker. Yeah. So the thing is, I find that the word of God arrests fear. Yeah. Truth will eliminate it. And if we love the truth and we're putting the truth in our heart, we will walk it as people of faith because our confidence will not be in what's happening in our economy, right. in our society, but in God himself. I love that. You know, one thing, there is just, man, there's so many questions. And John, I'm so glad we're doing a two-part on this. Yeah, because, we can always do some but, of them next um, time. You know, somebody just was saying something that I thought was, you know, really, really important. I need to, I need to get this. Okay, um, how do you handle differences, differences in personality styles. So one person outspoken and the other more reserved. Okay. I I do want to answer this one quickly. Mm -hmm. The outspoken person needs to learn to be quiet a little more. He or she needs to realize that if I'm always being the one that's outspoken, I'm never going to hear the heart or the thoughts or the wisdom of my spouse. Okay. Okay. So the quiet one also needs to not bottle everything up and hold it inside because that creates real problems because eventually it comes to the point where now there is an explosion and a lot of times with seemingly, which that never happens because with God, all things are possible, but seemingly with no solution. So I actually think somebody that's reserved and somebody outspoken, in, in my opinion, has a better dynamic than too outspoken or too reserved. Because the two reserved are never going to say anything, and the two outspoken are never going to stop saying something. So I kind of feel like these people that have a reserved spouse and an outspoken spouse, they kind of can 
grow into the middle. So I just, you know, for that person out there that says, I've got the reserved spouse and I'm outspoken, you need to say hallelujah because we are too outspoken and it can get loud. I thought you were the reserved one in our marriage. What? I'm joking. Hey, listen, there might have been times that I was the insecure one or the shy one, but I don't know if I was ever reserved. No, our, our our greatest challenge, and you said it right, is that we have both had to learn how to hear each other. Yeah. Because we're always both so outspoken. And uh, we are two leaders, Lisa. I mean, you are definitely a leader. You used to say that to me all the time. I'm not a leader. You're a leader. And I'd be like, oh, no, that's not true. You're a leader. Okay, but what was my motive behind that? What was I saying? I don't know. I think I was trying to escape responsibility. Oh, okay. All right. I'm pretty sure. I don't want to be a leader. There's too much. But but, uh, in our maturity, I want to bring it back to this again. I had to learn, and you had to learn, what were Lisa's strengths and what were John's strengths. And we learned how to get become the quieter one, although still out, still speaking out our heart in those areas where we weren't as strong. Yeah, I agree. Uh, something that someone said that I feel like is a really quick answer, and maybe I'm, maybe I'm diving into the deep here. Somebody said, how do you guys feel about prenup, like prenuptial agreements where like, hey, we're writing everything out. If you, we get You divorced, ask that when you're answering this one, okay, baby. Okay, so, you know, I okay. So I don't know the situation, but hopefully, hopefully, if I'm entering into a covenant with somebody, then everything that is theirs is mine, and everything that is mine is theirs. And contracts are the things that actually, like most people, to me, a prenup is a a premarital contract. I don't know, maybe you're like a super wealthy model, and you're worried that you've got some gangster boyfriend who's going to rip you off. So I don't I don't know. I don't know what your case is. But as a general rule, if you can't trust somebody to enter into a covenant where everything that you have is theirs and everything that they have is yours, I wouldn't marry him. Well, Lisa, we are actually uh, coming to a close here. And you know what's really cool is we've got a couple courses on Messenger X. Now, everyone listen to me carefully because this is such great news. We have the Messenger X app that just came out in January of 2021. We have over 35 courses on that app, and it's completely no charge to you. You can sign up within 30 seconds by just going to Google Play and type in Messenger X. If you have an Android, if you've got an iPhone, just go to the App Store and type in Messenger X. If you want to do it on your computer, type in MessengerX.com, and you're in in 30 seconds. You got 35 courses, two of which one is done by Chip Judd on relationships. It is one of our most popular courses. He is absolutely amazing. And he has been Lisa's and my marriage counselor the last five, six years of our life. The other one we have on there is the story of marriage. Lisa and I wrote an entire book. The book, the audio book, the book, and the course are all on Messenger X app. Now, the other thing I want you to remember now that I'm talking about this Messenger X is to share. Don't just allow this beautiful gift that God has given to all of us to just be in your possession. Share it with your friends. Yeah, somebody might be going through some 
troubled season in their marriage and you don't have answers and you can actually just share this and say, hey, I'm walking through this. Let's walk through this together. All they have to do is hit one button, Lisa, and they can text it, airdrop it, or email it to one of their friends. It's so easy to do. And so the other thing we want to say is, again, please rate and review and even subscribe to the show because this helps others to be able to get the Word of God. And I just want to say to all of you, marriage is precious to God. He is the one that authored it, and he said he is the author and finisher of our faith. Don't give up because nothing is impossible with God. I don't care how hopeless your situation seems, through prayer, through crying out to God, through reading his word, anything, anything can be mended and not only mended, but made stronger than it's ever been before. Till next time, this is John and Lisa for Conversations. Thanks for listening to Conversations with John and Lisa. Let us know your thoughts by leaving a review. You can subscribe and share these episodes through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're there, be sure to check out our other shows in the Messenger Podcast Network, including The Godmother with Lisa Bevere, Let's Talk About It with Sons and Daughters, and The Messenger Podcast. You can also connect with John and Lisa through Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And don't forget, you can download the Messenger X app today in the App Store. Until next time.